Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Wednesday edition of the show. We're glad to be here to get into kind of some debated Scout versus Scout Wednesday. And so we are going to dig into the the odds that came out, the opening odds for who will be the number one overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. Yes, it's eight months away, but we've got some odds to dig into. And so Kyle and I are going to debate these odds. So Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Immediate takeaway is if you love giving money away for free, bet the favorite. That's all I'm going to say right out the chute. I'm going to tease it a little bit. Encourage you guys to stick with us. Joe, do you have to clear your throat or anything like that before we get into today's show? (laughs) You are not kidding about leaving that in there, Kyle. I told you I was going to leave it. Yeah, you did, and you you followed through, and now there's a glorious introduction of me coughing while you're encouraging people to subscribe to the podcast, which we do encourage you to do. Please. Use iTunes. Use Podbean. Use the podcast app on your cell phone. Hit subscribe for the Draft Dudes podcast. Leave us one of those five-star reviews. And tell us what you love about the show. But Joe, before we pitch people subscribing to this podcast anymore, we should probably talk about some football, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Now, I did want to update everybody on one of our running bets for the 2018 season. Joe, okay. yes. we have a running bet on who would have the better record between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Denver Broncos. They both lost on Sunday. Yes, they did. So we are now sitting at 2-1, and one, both the Bengals and the Broncos. Do you still feel good about this bet? Yeah, I, I really do because I don't think Case Keenum's playing well at all. It's fine, then. He'll turn it around. Okay. <laughs> I was very surprised to see Cincinnati, particularly their front seven. I know they were without Preston Brown, but their defensive line – really did not take control of that game against Carolina like I thought. I actually went back and watched that game to study Christian McCaffrey, who was just a monster in that game. And I was very surprised by the the Panthers' makeshift offensive line that's literally been pieced together over the last couple of weeks, really control that game and allowed Cam to do things in the passing game, but also the movement that they got up front. So that was like weird and disappointing to me to see that type of effort from what I think is one of the better defensive lines in the game. So um, speaking of Christian McCaffrey, Joe, do you, are you old enough to remember when he was just a Jarvis Landry clone? Yeah, 20, what do you have, 28 carries for 184 yards against the Bengals. And I watched every one of them, dude. He is pounding the rock between the tackles. Oh, okay. so we should we shouldn't be writing players off after less than sixteen games then. No. Does that include John Ross though, Kyle? No. Doesn't He's include cooked. John. 
He's cooked. He's cooked. Just take what a was, fork in him. He's what done. were those stats I put up today on Twitter? I mean, my God. Like, uh, he was targeted, what, set 14 or 17 times? He's averaging no. like nine yards a catch. We've got it. We've got to get these right. Uh, producer, right, go ahead. Pull your pull your producer on that. I also want to talk about Jared Goff momentarily. Uh, our colleague at the Draft Network pulled up some highlights of Jared Goff's play for the Rams this past weekend, and this dude looks really good. Another guy that was left for dead after seven starts his rookie season. Oh, Jared Goff, massive bust. Guys, let's let's ride the wave a little bit, right? You get it on both sides of the coin. And there's guys like Robert Griffin, win rookie of the year, don't pan out long term. You got Dak Prescott, who suddenly has worse stats across the board in his last 13 games than Brock Osweiler's last 13 games. I don't know if you saw that, Joe. No, Catch that. That's not he good. Has, he has about 60 additional passing yards, one less passing touchdown, 10 and one less interception, 11, in his last 13 games than Brock Osweiler. Not ideal, sir. Not ideal. You got these John Ross stats for us? Oh, I do. I do. They're, in the, they're as bad as I remembered them. He's been targeted 13 times through three games. He has five okay. receptions for okay. 27 yards. That's an average of 5.4 yards per reception. And his long is nine yards. He has one carry for negative three yards. So this guy has touched the ball six <laughs> times, and he has twelve yards. Uh, Top ten. Well, yards. you know it's it's uh, it's better than his stats last year, I suppose. And he has a touchdown. He does have he a does one have yard one. touchdown. Yeah. Drafting John Ross to be a big play guy and getting less than ten yards of reception from him is impressive for all the wrong Half reasons. Of that. Half of that guy. He's 5.4 yards per reception. Well, you know, I'm trying to be nice to the guy, you know. That's, yeah, that's a first. It's kind of off-brand for me. You're right. I should just stay in my wheelhouse. Yeah, what is going on here? So, Joe, one of the things that we are going to do today, as you mentioned at the top of the show, is we're going to be talking about the odds from uh, – we saw this tweet from Odds Shark on Twitter talking about the current odds, the opening odds – on who is going to be the first overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. But before we do, I'd like to talk to you guys today about Vivid Seats, one of our sponsors here on the Draft Dudes as a part of the Locked On Network. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theaters, and more. Vivid Seats is currently offering great prices and an easy purchasing experience with the podcast code Locked On. Listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more if they are first-time customers of Vivid Seats. So go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code Locked On and receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So why don't you guys see what's coming in town? Take advantage of this great offer. Get 20 bucks back so you can buy a beer at the event. Maybe. Depends on what city you live in. But I digress. 
take advantage of this great opportunity provided to you by Vivid Seats. Joe. What's up? Let's dig in. Opening odds Mm -hmm. to be the first overall pick in the 2019 NFL draft. The current favorite is Ed Oliver, minus 150. Nick Bosa, plus 275. Justin Herbert, plus 750. The field, plus 175. Your initial reaction to the listing here is what? My initial reaction to the listing is the field looks pretty enticing to me. I'll be honest with you. I think that all three of the players that are mentioned are legitimate options, and I can see any one of them going in there. But you know me and, and our betting history together and all the friendly bets that we have, I usually take the one with the most options, the most all possibilities. And I feel Coward. like, yeah, and I am. That's fine. And I'm not a big-time better. <laughs> but uh, I like the idea of the field. But – What's interesting to me is the guy that I've kind of been pounding the table for since we've started talking about the 2019 NFL draft is Ed Oliver. And, you know, I, we had our debate several weeks ago about interior pressure versus outside pressure and, you know, the value of that in today's NFL and guys like Aaron Donald and the impact that they're having and rare talents like Geno Atkins and, and Kwan Short. And, you know, Ed Oliver just projects to be the next guy in that type of mold and, you know, we'll talk about his size up until we have it officially measured, but I'm not really concerned with it, Kyle. I mean, you watch a guy play, he is just a rare blend of, of power, mobility, hand technique. His motor is relentless. He's got ridiculous flexibility for, for a man of his size. And I just think he's a, one of the most disruptive football players that I've ever really watched. And so, you know, you think about his ability to be that interior penetrating presence and it makes a lot of sense to me to envision him being the number one overall pick. And I obviously will we'll get into this in a minute, but who's picking number one is going to play heavily into who the real candidates are and obviously the trade market. And it is eight months until we, we uh, you know, we have uh, we're at the NFL draft and we know these types of details. But um, I can really get behind Oliver as the favorite. And as you said in the in the, in the open there, it sounds like betting the favorite is a good move. Joe, when's the last time an interior defensive lineman was the first overall pick in the draft? Never, what, probably never, right? Honestly. Well, that's not great odds then. <laughs> okay. When's I, the last I, time Ed Oliver was in the NFL draft? Even if he's Aaron Donald. It's different. You know Aaron team, Donald. No, it's not different because teams are going to make it more complicated than it has to be. Well, they're idiots then. Well, I'm, that's my point, though. Yep. You know, teams teams are going to be looking at, we have the top pick in the draft. Are we going to take a 280-pound, one defensive tackle? Whether he's the best player or not, I'm not arguing his talent level. His talent level's superior to a lot of the players that we've seen come through the last several years. Is an NFL team going to pull the trigger with the first pick on an interior defensive lineman? that's undersized in both height and weight. I don't think it's going to happen. So for me, as I said, if you like giving your money away, go ahead and put the money on Ed Oliver. Because I think the perception of Oliver, whether it's fair or not, 
is he's going to get dinged for reasons that are A, out of his control to a certain degree, can't control how tall you are, and B, the positional premium that teams are going to be placing on a quarterback or an outside pass rusher. Question on Oliver for you. I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this. If you were to put money on Ed Oliver being the number one overall pick, what is the team that is, you know, some some degree of it being realistic that they're the number one, the team picking number one? Who would be the team that you would think would be most likely to pick Ed That's Oliver? That's a great question. One? Jeez, do you have a team in name, team in mind? Um. Yeah, that's real. That's the hard part, right? Like, who's yeah. realistically picking number one? Oh, I mean, also, quick, quick roll call of teams that might be picking one. You got like Dallas, Arizona, Buffalo, Buffalo. Houston. Well, you mean Buffalo might still pick first? I thought they were going to go fifteen to one now, well, fourteen they, and two. Yeah, fourteen and two. I mean, I, that's that's my expectation. But you know, the national <laughs> media has, has pegged them as a potential top pick team, so. Yeah, I think, look, they're in the conversation. We, they played great for six quarters, but they're How about San Francisco? San Francisco's got to be in the running now with Jimmy G out. Yeah. I'm not saying they're a realistic right. landing spot for Ed necessarily, but they'll be yeah. in the running. Um, the Raiders? Yes, the Raiders for sure. Uh, Buffalo, the, the Jets, maybe. I doubt it. I think their defense is too good even with the growing pains that they have offensively. The Lions? Oh, man, I don't know. The Lions, Lions just beat the Patriots, so they're going to be riding a high here, and they'll win some games. So we've got the NFC West, Arizona, San Francisco, Buffalo, Oakland. Houston. Houston, which you know he's loyal to maybe, the soil. Maybe, that's why he's Houston. That's, that's a great point. Yeah, but I mean, do they really need that? I mean, how do they not either pick an offensive lineman or trade back? Listen, if they got the first overall pick, you are not picking an offensive lineman with the first overall pick in this class. John that's Williams. outrageous. Well, we'll you're going to have the 33rd pick. You trade up and get one in the 20s. I don't disagree with you, but. I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibilities. So what I think it would be insanity to pass on one of the blue chip guys for Jonah Williams. I agree. And with I you. like, and I like Jonah Williams. I agree with you. So which team? What if Ed, he's the favorite right now? This is the favorite to be the number one pick. No, he's Who's not picking him. We're getting bad info. Well, this is the info we have. This is, you could, you could put money on this today. I mean, I think about the teams that we're talking about. Arizona makes some sense because they run this hybrid front, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. San Francisco's loaded in the defensive interior, so it won't be them. Oakland needs to replace Khalil Mack, so I would assume that's where <laughs> they look. Um, Buffalo, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe Buffalo. I would feel good about... Buffalo, Houston, or Arizona being teams that would think about it. I agree with that list, Kyle. The next guy, though, Kyle. Well, I guess, yeah, we'll go in order here of players. Nick Bosa, Ohio State defensive end. He's plus 275. So, other, well, uh, 
Well, well, I want to hear your take on that. So other than Bosa, excuse me, Oliver, he's the next player with the specific player with the highest odds. And it seems like strong possibility, Kyle. What's your take on Bosa here in this discussion? Yeah, Bosa is plays a premium position, meets every single prototype that's out there, is technically refined football player. I don't care what his abdomen situation is, provided he's able to come back and prove he's fully healthy, whether that's the post-draft process and he, he shows good athletic testing, or if he comes back for a potential national championship run with the Buckeyes and is able to stay on the field. Uh, translatable skill set. He's about as clean of a transition as you can possibly have. He plays, as I said, a premium position as an outside pass rusher. And um, you know, he's he's got several years of tremendous film, much like Ed Oliver does. Mm-hmm. But I think Bosa's projection is much cleaner than Oliver's, and I think teams will feel better about that projection versus Ed's. I was surprised that he wasn't the favorite, Yeah, honestly. Um, and so – uh, if you're going to put some money down on a player, <laughs> this is probably the one to do it. Um, yeah, I think the stomach or the core muscle that he had that uh, surgery on, I'm not sure if that means we're, we're going to see him play again this year. I mean, I think the biggest determining factor may be Ohio State's status as a contender in the playoffs. But if they're not making a championship run, I'm not sure we see Bosa play again in an Ohio State uniform. And, yeah, he's got the makeup of the number one overall pick. Uh, in the last four drafts, we've had three quarterbacks and Miles Garrett. And so Bosa is a Miles Garrett type of impact player that makes sense for the number one overall pick. Again, thinking about who would have the pick that would make that pick. And I think it's, you know, Buffalo again, Arizona again, Oakland. Absolutely. Absolutely. They would pick him. So it, this seems very likely. And there's a lot of logical destinations. Pretty surprised that he wasn't the, uh, the favorite uh, when the opening odds came out. Kyle. If, if I were a betting man, mm-hmm. I would be throwing money down on Bosa right now. Well, you know, speaking of throwing money down, you know, since we've, we've been doing podcasts together, you know how it goes, Kyle, we get a lot of questions for advice and, uh, and it's usually about who to bet on this week. And the truth is, Uh, As you can tell from listening to us here, we don't know who to bet on. But if you think you do, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I'll always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me on this, guys. This is your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Even I can figure it out. So you can lay down some cash and win big today. I'd only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for the fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your uh, your first deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code Locked on two five and activate the offer. You can visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use promo code locked on two five when creating uh, your account to claim that bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. 
Kyle, there is a quarterback in the discussion here that has odds. Plus 750, Justin Herbert from Oregon. Like I mentioned already, three of the last four number one overall picks have been quarterbacks. And so what do you think here? Is this the quarterback that has the biggest chance, the best chance of being the top pick in the draft? I think he, again, with the same appeal of what Nick Bosa has, he meets the prototype, right? He's big, tall, mobile, strong arm. Um, he played almost a flawless football game mm-hmm. against Stanford this past weekend. If he can really channel that, um, we're on to something, you know? But at the same time, he had two games this year where he completed less than 50% of his passes. So I do need to to dig into the film and get some context there as far as what happened in those football games. And I knew I had some concerns with his ability to handle pressure and the system that he's running. And Patrick Mahomes kind of squished that whole thing, didn't it? As far as <laughs> system issues and, uh, you know, if you can get on the whiteboard and you can you know, show that you can process what they give to you, then, you know, the system issues should be negligible. You know, we've, we've seen several quarterbacks, Mariota, Trubisky, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. It's that's what they play at the college level these days. So I don't want to bang him too hard for his system that he's running. If he shows that he's really mastered it. Um, but I'm not sure when it's all said and done that I won't have a different quarterback sitting atop this list uh, unless the growth and the performances we've seen from from or the performance we saw from Herbert against Stanford is something that's sustainable in the long run. Maybe not every single pass is perfect and he has a couple dropped, but if he's able to play to that caliber, then yeah, he would probably be my favorite quarterback, but I, I just it's hard to envision somebody playing that good, that dialed in for so long. Yeah, what is 6'6", 233, rocket arm, he can move. And, uh, you know, you you just think about those physical traits and they're exceptional. Those are the type of things the NFL is looking for. Um, I think we have seen a, a lot of growth already this year in terms of his accuracy and his decision-making and his process in terms of reading the, the field and making uh, accurate throws with the football I was actually doing my study on him uh, over the summer and you had called me and I think I immediately kind of started talking about Herbert, completely disregarding whatever you needed when you called. And I'm just like, what does this dude do? Like he just sprays the ball over the field. Like, is there any process behind it? And I think there's been a lot of growth. I've I've watched his games this year and uh, there's been a lot of drops. And I know those two games where his completion percentage was just terrible. I think he was victimized a lot by drops, but uh, you know, I think the Stanford game was as as good of a performance as we've seen from a quarterback this year. And his yeah. his accuracy was not like generally good; it was pinpoint accuracy over and over again. So that was super encouraging. It's just really hard for me to imagine a a quarterback needy team uh, picking at the top of the draft and not going with Justin Herbert. And I know we're going to talk about the field here in a second, which could bring some other names to the discussion, but uh, I think it makes a lot of sense at this point in the discussion for Herbert to be the QB with the top odds. Joe, before we get into the field, I have some breaking news I need to discuss oh, with you. This is tremendous. I don't even know what this is going to yeah, be. This, this is non-football related oh. breaking news that's okay. taking place as I um, as we record this. Uh, you're a big fan of Dunkin' Donuts, right? Oh, I am. Absolutely. 
how do you feel about them changing their name to just Duncan? Yeah, so from a um, from a pure marketing business perspective, I think it makes sense because I think there's some negative connotations with donuts, and people don't necessarily like want to be, you know, eat, associated with eating a, a terribly unhealthy dessert or pastry, whatever we whatever a donut is. And I think it's probably good to it's just Dunkin'. You're just going to Dunkin'. And I think that's what people refer to it anyways. And you get rid of any type of negative connotation with having that word donut in there. So right? you're on board with this. Yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, that's got to be the rationale behind it. Or am I just throwing a wild No, that, Yeah, it's, uh, they want to focus on the coffee. Yeah. And the other products that they have. Which their coffee is the best coffee out there as far as I'm concerned, as far as like mass production of coffee. Yeah, it's elite. My Keurig runs nothing other than Dunkin' Donuts K-Cups. My man. And I have a problem in my household because the the uh, future misses, she's a Starbucks fan, and that is just bitter, disgusting coffee. And that, and that is way, way, way overpriced. So there's so many negatives for me with Starbucks in terms of cost and taste that ugh, can't do it. Well, here's hoping we never have to do any reads for Starbucks, Joe, because we may have just shot ourselves <laughs> in the foot here. <laughs> Let's talk about the field. Yes. Yeah, I just wanted your impressions because I know you're a big Duncan guy. And I'm yeah. a big Duncan guy too. I will walk several concourses at the airport in Philadelphia just to get the Dunkin' Donuts we, coffee. We've, we've been on some adventures in in cities we didn't know. Yeah. To find a Dunkin'. And what was yeah, that? That's one? true. We were somewhere and we kept on driving to Dunkins that were like remodeled or closed. It was like terrible. Was that? Doug, we were driving back from Pensacola, weren't we? Some, yeah. No, I think it may have been. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Pensacola. What's up, John Owning? You listen? Yeah, thanks, My John. Man. Thanks, John. All right. So the field. Yep. If I put you under the gun right now and said, who's the, the next quarterback in line, the name that comes to your head immediately is who? Dwayne Haskins. If I put you under the gun and say, next pass rusher that comes to your head immediately your response is who? Cleveland Farrell. The next best football player in the draft, regardless of position, is who? Oh, uh, Raekwon Davis. Raekwon Davis. Maybe. Greedy Williams. Probably. I mean, I'd be right there between those those guys. Do any of the non-quarterbacks stand a chance, in your opinion? Any of the non-quarterbacks from the field? Yes. I think, look, I know you're going to say I'm crazy, but I think Jonah Williams maybe warrants yeah, some of this discussion. Get out of here. If Arizona He's- has a number one pick and they need to protect Josh Rosen and they're stupid enough to pass on <laughs> Bosa or Oliver, you don't think well, there's a chance at Williams? A chance? No. Houston, no. big time offensive line need? As I said, if you are picking one, you're picking 33, and Arizona did not give up their two to trade up to 11. Raiders. Correct? Or 10, correct? Dumbass Raiders, yeah. Well, there you go. So you're <laughs> going to have your second pick. So if you're going to have your second round pick and you're going to be picking 33, don't f- force the square peg into the round hole. Please. You have elite football players. And Jonah Williams is a very good football player. I think he's a starting caliber offensive lineman at the NFL level. He's not the caliber 
of Bosa and Oliver. So that's I, I understand if it's quarterback position of need, but if you need a pass rusher and you take anybody besides Nick Bosa, if you need an interior defense alignment and you take anybody besides Oliver, Ed Oliver, shame on you. If you are picking that high, your team needs talent regardless. Take the talented players. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Eric Fisher, number one pick in the NFL draft. Jake Long, number one pick in the NFL draft. I'm just saying I don't think it's that ridiculous of an idea to think he couldn't be the number one pick. But those teams lacked, or those drafts lacked elite talent, except for the Matt Ryan. But Matt Ryan was something that was made harder than it had to be because of the turnovers that he had at Boston College. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying I, I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm surprised that you um, think I'm crazy for thinking Jonah Williams could be the number one pick. And I think you're crazy for a lot of reasons. But that's okay. That's why we love you here on the show. Thanks, man. Make sure you stop by tomorrow as we do baby big boards and we give Joe a little bit more love. Make sure he feels appreciated. Uh, Joe, I appreciate you not clearing your throat while we did today's show. So that was great. Yeah. You're not going to hear the end of it for probably another three shows, so just buckle in. No problem. Hit that subscribe button on the Draft Dudes. We do every Monday through Friday podcast for you guys talking about college football, the NFL, the NFL Draft. Uh, we have a lot of fun content lined up. We got some travel to some games coming up in the near future, so we'll have some live takeaways. We'll be talking to scouts on the road. Lots of good tidbits for you guys. And uh, while you're at it, why don't you swing over to the Draft Network? We had an excellent week thus far of content. Joe made sure he, he pointed that out on the team Slack, said we had a great day on Tuesday, and I don't disagree with him at all, even though I didn't publish anything on Tuesday. We had a great, great lineup, and uh, more coming throughout the rest of the week. So swing over to thedraftnetwork.com and check it out. Uh, make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am at Grinding the Tape. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks so much, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. We'll talk with you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.